Hello everyone, welcome to episode 3 of the new season. Our new book is Ozzy's revision take on Hades and Persephone called Wind and Rain. Remember, if you like this story, it's available on Amazon.com and at www.osuz504.tech. That's osuz504.tech. And be sure to check out Ozzy's story of the week posted on the homepage for your viewing pleasure. Now, on to the story. She woke up pillowed on something profoundly soft, silky soft, something that smelled vaguely like wet dog. She tried to pull it over her head, but the pillow protested. Mistress, are you awake? How are you feeling? A cold, wet nose snuffled at her newly exposed face. Mmm, said Chloe, and tried to roll over to the other side. The pillow wasn't big enough. Chloe opened her eyes. Maggie. Yes, she replied, wagging her tail. Good morning. Not a pillow. Mistress? Her head was killing her, and her insides felt like someone had scooped them out with a melon ball. She tried to raise her arms for a stretch, but was too tired and flopped back into feet. I feel awful. Thump, 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 said Maggie's tail. Chloe sighed, squinting one eye and closing the other to avoid shooting lightning pains behind her right eye. Ow. She was back in her room. Someone had left a small, soothing, amber-yellow mage light burning in her room, but had thankfully left the bright lights off. A glance down showed her that she'd been stripped and bathed. Only a little bit of crusted blood was left under her fingernails. I feel so violated, yet so clean, she thought, a little facetiously. Talk about service with a smile. Can I get you something, mistress? A new head, moaned Chloe. Make this one a redhead and pretty. A redhead? I can bring a nuke here. Is that what you mean? No, puppy. I need to go to the bathroom. Help mistress stand up without passing out, please. Human form, if you'd be so kind. Of course. The dog girl shifted behind her and gently arranged Chloe's arms around her shoulders, leveraging her up out of bed and toward the water closet. The world immediately spun in complicated ways that made Chloe want to throw up. Maggie dropped her off at the door, and Chloe more fell on the toilet than sat, resting there a moment. Maggie? Yes? How's Master? Is it still alive? Yes, we think so. She's sort of buried herself in the garden, and Judas can't get her to come out, but she seems be better. Buried herself? Like, underground? Yes. Chloe had a flash of memory. Indigo black ribbons reaching into the earth, leeching power from the stones, from the shades of the underworld, pumping magic back into silence. Black and gold magic twined like paired vines wrapping around her broken body. Oh, said Chloe, suddenly understanding. She's an earth mage. That's why she's in the garden. What? Tell Judas not to bother her. She's refilling the tank, so to speak. Chloe grunted a little as she managed to brace herself on the wall and open the door, only to fall back onto Maggie. Mistress is going to take a little nap now. When she gets up, could you make sure that I get a snack and maybe a conversation with Hurricane? Is she still here? Master's brothers? Judas says everyone left, said Maggie sorrowfully, including Lady Hurricane. I can ask if the other masters got back okay, though. Please do. Mistress is going to go pass out again for a while said Chloe as the world wavered and flexed in ways that it should not. I feel terrible. She woke up feeling much better. While shoveling food into her face, Maggie dutifully reported on everyone's activities. Eat this, mistress. Cook did it special for you. Said you needed lots of fat to recover, and mages always forget to eat, she said shoving what seemed to be an entire block of cheese wrapped in something brownish-red and slimy. What is it, said Chloe, eyeing it distrustfully. No dead animal, right? Maggie pushed her hand closer. No pomegranate jam, cheese, flax bread. Eat, eat, or Maggie doesn't tell you what she found out. Chloe ate. It was delicious. Delicious. She'd always liked pomegranate. Mm. Let's see here. According to Judas, Maggie referred to a small notebook with carefully, painfully articulated English letters. Chloe had the sudden sense that Dog Girl had never used a pen and paper in her life and was just doing this to impress her. Maggie cleared her throat. Masters Ocean and Thunder arrived safely in their own realms around the time that our master did, and Mistress Hurricane assisted in the evacuation and treatment of most of the wounded and serious cases, along with the rest of the Magi still able to assist. 
Uh, your hospital was well received, by the way. And Anouk wanted me to tell you, we're out of everything and the place is a mess. Sounds like she's got a lot of cleaning up to do then. Maggie seemed surprised and just a tiny bit offended at the interruption. Did you want me to tell her that? Oh, goodness, no. She'll leave me and hide in the library and not get anything done. Another slightly passive-aggressive throat clear. <clears throat> Very good. Judas would like to report that the main throne room, all of the reception rooms, and most of the guest rooms have been repaired. However, there is a major structural crack near the forge that will need an earth mage to correct. Noted, said Chloe, stuffing another piece of cheesy goodness into her mouth. I'll get on it when Master wakes up. Can we stabilize it with anything? Judas says none of the carpenters want to touch it, and it's in an awkward place. Fine. Master will have to do it when she's awake. Hey, Maggie, do we have any other earth mages? Anybody that works for us, maybe? Maggie tapped her lips with the pen she'd obviously only used today for the first time in her whole life. I think the cook might be earth. I'll check. Chloe nodded and handed her the plate. Check and get a refill, please. What else? Um, Maggie pretended to look through the rest of the list. Chloe was fairly sure she couldn't read. Anouk sent you this. She slid over another book. It was an ancient text, bound with hide and inlaid with an arcane script that Chloe couldn't read. She groaned. Oh, come on. I just got up from a magic knockout. I can't fight any book spirits today. No. Anouk says it's really important, and it probably will be an easy one, whatever that means. She lies. The old ones are always a pain in the ass to do. Did she tell you what it was? Chloe eyed the thing with distaste. Uh-huh. She said it's the Master's Magic Notebooks, the first of them anyway, that her predecessor had bound, like, ages ago. She said it might be helpful to have her training records, just in case. Silence is learning notebook? Chloe felt her eyebrows go up in surprise and treated the book a little bit more gently. This must be ancient. This is from when, did she say? Maggie shook her head. Too long ago, but evidently it was when Master was still human-ish. Remarkable. Good find a nuke. Chloe turned the book over in her hands. It felt good there, familiar even. Maggie, would you mind asking Anouk to look up memory spells for me? I want to know everything that can wipe away memories and how to get them back. Maggie pretended to write the request in the notebook, artfully hiding the actual page from Chloe, and Chloe's lips twitched. She made her face serious. I'm relying on you, Magdalena, she said, channeling her best impression of the master. She waved towards the door. Dismissed. Yes, ma'am, said the hound, leaping up and departing, forgetting the notebook and the plate. Chloe cracked the notebook. It was empty after the first page. It amused her. I need another map anyway, and who made me in charge? Oh, it's too much work. Touched and still rather amused, she tucked the book under her pillow and pushed her plate to the corner of the bed where she probably wouldn't kick it or break it. Close enough. Chloe marched into the garden on a mission. It had been a week. Master Silence needed to get up. There's probably not a shade or soul left in the underworld at this point. She sucked them all dry. Get out of my way, Judas. The other hellhound was blocking her path as inconspicuously and submissively as possible. Artfully and inconveniently studying a fern in his gigantic form, right where the path narrowed by the river. Mistress! Oh, hello there. I'm so sorry. I didn't see you. You're looking well. Very healthy. She scowled. Go away, dog. It's time for the master to wake up. Check through all the books. She needs an examination and some movement to make sure those organs and bones are healed right. She can't keep sulking in the dirt. <clears throat> sulking, mistress? Surely that's a little harsh. You know, master has... Master got her ass kicked, and now she's feeling sorry for herself, said Chloe, waving her hand at nothing and rolling her eyes. Knowing her, she's probably convinced herself it's her fault that everyone got hurt and broken and now she's in some kind of existential torture because she believes she's not worthy to command the fine souls of Crossroads and the underworld in general because she made a mistake, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Chloe let her hand settle back to her hip and shifted her weight so that she could glare at Judas more effectively. She's done. She's had her little fit. It's time to get up now. Judas seemed very taken aback. Master doesn't sulk, my lady. Perhaps her injuries are just... Judas? Madam? Do you love your master? Yes. Do you want her to be healthy and return to her duties so you can stop... 
She paused to let the pun land. Working like a dog? He immediately broke eye contact, stared at her feet, ears flopped over Shainsley. Yes, he whispered. I miss Master. Then get out of my way so I can go beat some sense into the dunce. He looked even more crestfallen. But Master deserves some rest. She'll be so angry with me if we wake her up too early. Chloe put her hand against the back of one of his giant ears. Judas, you're a good boy. Master's right hand. She won't be mad at you, especially if we tell her it was my idea and my fault. It is your idea and your fault, he said, almost under his breath. What? Chloe leaned forward ostentatiously. What was that? Lieutenant to the Hell King? Huh? Did I hear someone getting smart with me? No, ma'am, he said, slipping into normal hound mode and sitting obediently next to the path. Good boy, she said again, ruffling his hair and scratching under his ears and jaw. Judas wagged his tail and let his tongue roll out in relief. Who's the best boy? Mommy and Daddy have to have a talk, but it doesn't mean that it's your fault. She bared her teeth at the mound up ahead. It's Daddy's fault for being dumb. Give us some privacy, please, Judas. He slipped away down the path. She looked up at the great stone cavern blackness, the world of never-ending night. The colors were just as beautiful now as the first time she'd been to this place. Bioluminescence lit up the river, and reflections of magic, fairies, and natural iridescence gave the impression of drowning in a river of stars and floating through galaxies. The ever-present silence and soft swoosh and drip of water just helped increase the sense of stillness and the feeling of floating. She sighed. What I wouldn't give for just a taste of sunlight, she thought, oddly melancholy in all the beauty. Just a quick bath in a rainstorm or the feel of something warm. Anything. Get a grip, she thought, shaking it off. We have things to do. All right, silence, that's enough. It's time to get up. The massive stone didn't move. Chloe moved closer to see that silence had erected a second skin of bedrock, enclosing her in a continuous stone skin as she slept, inlaid into the soil. Chloe stuck her foot into the stone figure and prodded. Up. A stone island flicked up and closed. I haven't finished my rest cycle, it said. Please let me complete my work here. No. Chloe stuck her foot into the figure again. We have stuff to do, and I'm tired of doing it by myself. Get up. A longer pause. What stuff? Chloe squatted next to the stone. I talked to Hurricane and Ocean. I know the binding didn't work exactly right. I know you have to redo it before the next Elsinian. I know that you burned a lot of magic on this last effort and that you may not have enough. Stone eyes opened and shut again. Chloe sighed and started digging out the soil from beneath the stone's head and shoulders, feeling very put upon. I also know that Thanatos is traumatized. He refuses to eat or leave the garden entrance. I know that Judas is about two minutes from having a nervous breakdown from running your palace, and I know that your brothers have no clue what went wrong and are counting on you to tell them what to do because they are idiots. She paused. That last bit was direct from Hurricane. I'm pretty sure she loved her husband. I mean, you would never know it, but I'm still pretty sure. She moved to digging out the arm closest to her. Stop that, said the stone. No, she said, threading just a tiny bit of gold magic underneath the grass calling a few hardy mushrooms up through the soil to gradually start pushing the stone out of the earth, levering it up inch by inch. I also saw how you got all those pretty battle scars, and I know why you're being all pathetic at the moment. I'm not being pathetic, said the stone, now at about a 20-degree angle out of the soil. This is a legitimate healing trance, or at least it would be if you didn't interrupt me. Whew, said Chloe in mock amazement. So harsh. Did you talk to your mother with that mouth? Pretty forceful language there. I need to gather my strength to redo the bindings, yes, but I'll redo it alone. The stone paused. I can't risk making another mistake like that. I have to take precautions. Chloe rolled her eyes. Don't be ridiculous. Silence said nothing. Chloe gave the stone another little push with her mushrooms, so it was almost at a 45-degree angle. You're not going to do this by yourself. We're going to help you. But right now, you need to stop being all emotional and proud and whatever else you're feeling all trapped in stone, literally, and go back to work for a while. I had Anouk pull all kinds of history on the Leviathans so we can read through them together. Stone eyes opened and stayed open. You're going to help me? She immediately felt guilty, which annoyed her. For a little while, yes, 
fine. I'm still stuck here for another 30 days. I might as well. The stone silence was now at 90 degrees, standing. Chloe unconsciously stepped closer so she could brace the statue as it wavered, as if it were to fall forward. Silence released the stone skin. Her long black hair immediately wrapped around both her and Chloe. Hey, hey, easy with the hair. I told you, no touching. Long locks receded and Silence stared at her with her typical still expression. I appreciate the assistance, Chloe. Painfully polite and formal. For some reason it made Chloe's skin itch in irritation. She waved it off. Of course you do. I'm a genius. She grabbed Silence's hand and started dragging her to the palace. We'll start with Thanatos and Judas. Those two have been worried sick about your useless butt. Might as well show them you're not dead yet. If Chloe had looked behind her, she might have been surprised by the other woman's expression. Chloe stared up at the now familiar glasswork of Silence's study on her favorite couch. So beautiful. A perfect representation of the Milky Way. Or maybe a galaxy. A different one. Like I would know. <laughs> Haven't seen the stars since I was a kid. It seemed to change often. Today it looked like the Pillars of Earth Nebula greens and browns held against a turquoise blue starlight. Silence turned another page and made a note. The air was stifling in here. Chloe sat up and threw her arm over the back of the couch, moving the book she'd been pretending to read over to the side. Silence continued to read hers, steadily moving through her history, filling up notebook after notebook with thoughts or spells or whatever she was thinking about. She hadn't said a word all day. Now I know why everyone calls her Silence. She was ramrod straight in her chair, arms perfectly positioned for maximum efficiency. Jacket on, sleeves rolled down. Scratch, 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 a pencil against notebook. Another page turned. Her face absolutely still. Chloe leaned over to lie partially on the armrest to study her better. She's not that beautiful, once you really look at her, thought Chloe. Her jaw's too broad, and her cheekbones are way too sharp. Narrow eyes. I'm surprised she doesn't wear her scales more often just to complete that almost dragon look. Silence's hair floated around her, almost in repose, as if held by non-existent air gusts, or like she was suspended in water. No expression or emotion broke her image, and her jet-black eyes remained resolutely on whatever she had in front of her. Chloe deliberately dragged her feet on the ground to make a swooshing noise, creaking the couch cushions. No response. She cleared her throat. Nothing. She picked up a book and dropped it loudly on the floor. The ice queen finally deigned to look at her. I helped Judas fix the other palace rooms, you know, said Chloe. Demarcus, your cook, he's an earth elemental. Did you know that? Yes, said Silence. Thank you. Demarcus has worked here for over a century. I'm aware. She went back to her reading. Chloe drummed her fingers on the couch. I came up with some combative spells that would be great for you, she tried again, tapping her notebook. We could start working on getting you a new set of armor and everything now. I will arrange a trip to Phaestus, said Silence. It will take several days of travel, she glanced at Chloe. I will probably just ask Magdalena to bring him here, she turned to Paige. I doubt you are prepared for the journey. Chloe scowled. I'm prepared? What are you talking about? I'm getting pretty good with my magic. She called up a glowing thorn whip made of her golden light. See? You should have seen the thing that came out of this book. It was 20 feet tall, horned. She paused. It actually looks a lot like you at the Wild Hunt. Did it? Asked Silence, expressionless. Yes. Chloe felt a sneaking suspicion she was being made fun of. She didn't know how or why, but she felt like it was a joke that she just wasn't getting. Conversation died. A couple ghostly shadows watered, wandered in and out to receive papers and whatever else Silence was working on. I'm bored, said Chloe. Enough with the research. Let's go out and try something. Why don't we go get your brothers and talk to them with some new ideas? I know Hurricane... We will not be engaging other people for this exercise, Silence said without looking up. If you're bored, you're welcome to attend to your other responsibilities as needed. I'm sure Magdalena and Anouk would appreciate your company at the hospital. I promised you I'd help, so I'm helping, said Chloe, a little sulkily. She had honestly thought she'd get a little more attention and was trying very hard to ignore her disappointment. There was another long pause. 
I asked Judith to show me how to use the mirror out in the garden, she said. I talked to Hurricane about some enchantments she's used. Oh, and she had a great idea for how to bring back my memories, maybe. No. No what? No, you will not drag Hurricane into this, and you will not need defensive spells or anything else. A quick flick of a glance. There's no way to regain memories from the River Leaf. They're gone. They can't be gone, gone. Magic can do anything. They're gone, Silence said again. Don't you think I would have found something after the first thousand years or so of searching for you? But Hurricane said that the river and its magic never really leave or change, that a spell of... No. No what? You didn't let me finish. I've already tried it. Not on me, you haven't. No, but I did test it on others with a similar condition, and it was spectacularly unsuccessful. How do you even know what I was going to suggest? The greater spell of restoration. How... Chloe crossed her arms over her chest in disgust. Quit reading my mind. I didn't have to. You've been gone a long time, Chloe. I had to do something to pass the time. <laughs> and please, don't bother Hurricane with these details. It's not her concern. I'd say the end of the world is absolutely her concern, and I thought you liked Hurricane. I do, which is why I would prefer it if she'd not get involved. She thinks you're hot. What? Silence looked up, startled. Hot? Chloe settled back, smug at finally having earned a reaction from the Ice Queen. Yep, modern colloquialism for very sexually attractive. Yes, I'm familiar with the term, thank you. Silence shook her head, but her hair twisted around itself, almost like wringing hands. Oh, what's this, Ice Queen? Do you like Hurricane back? Chloe leaned back over the couch, obnoxiously placing her elbows on Silence's desk, disrupting the order as papers and books got pushed aside. Silence frowned and gently moved them back. Don't be ridiculous. I've been faithful to you for over a millennium. Her eyes, when she met Chloe's this time, were indigo black and unutterably sad. I've only ever loved you. I doubt you can say the same. Chloe felt something hollow open up in her chest. Silence. The other woman stood up. If you'll excuse me, I'll need to prepare Magda for the trip to Mount Etna. There was a long moment as she just looked at Chloe. Her face seemed to soften around the eyes. I'm sorry I said that last part. Please put it from your mind. Is there anything you need? Can I help you with anything? No. No, thank you, Chloe said, slightly taken aback. Well, actually, if, if you're okay with it, could I possibly use one of the workrooms to practice some of these spells in? I don't want to break anything, and weird things come out of the books when I work in the library. Of course, Silence answered, moving to the doors. Tell Judas whichever one is your preference and that you have my permission. Write down any special ingredients or accessories you'll need, and I'll make sure you'll get them. She placed her hand on the handle. Silence, started Chloe, staring at her black back, abruptly running out of things to say as the other woman paused in the doorway. Never mind. Silence looked back to her and gave a tiny nod of her head. Hurricane, she's ignoring me, ranted Chloe at the pool of water that was the mirror in the garden, waving her hands and pacing. I only have like 20 more days in the place. I forget how long, actually. I'm sure the Ice Queen has an automatic calendar somewhere down to the millisecond tracking my departure. You'd think she'd be all over me. You'd think she'd be begging for me to help her and spend time with her, but all I get is this... Wall. Ice. Every time. Chloe stared up at the darkness for a moment. It's like all her emotions are somewhere else. Like a robot. It's very disconcerting. Well, yes, of course, dear heart, said Hurricane. There's bound to be an adjustment period, you know. And I'm sure it doesn't help that you take every possible opportunity to explain to people that you're not his wife and that you're not staying and that you have no idea what your role is, etc., etc. Chloe scowled at her. I'm not that bad. You definitely are that bad. Well, but it's true. How can I be somebody's queen when I don't even remember them? I I know, I know. It's not it's not a recrimination, Chloe. It's just what is. Silence has been alone a lot longer than you two were married at this point. She might have just forgotten what it's like to have a companion around. She might have just given up on you ever remembering her at all and is convinced you'll just never have anything to do with her. Chloe started chewing her fingernails as she fell cross-legged to sit next to the pool so Hurricane wouldn't have to stare at her pacing back and forth. 
you know, she's now convinced that she can't endanger you or Ocean or anyone else, and so she has to handle whatever went wrong with the binding herself. Hurricane sighed. I know. I figured something like this would happen when Ocean told me the story. Any hints? Does she know when they'll sail again? No, or if she does, she's not telling me anything. She sent Magda to Mount Etna yesterday, so whatever she knows, it's probably going to happen soon. Chloe lay down and rested her chin on her forearms to stare deeply into the mirror. She also told me to give up on getting my memory back, that it was impossible. <sighs> said Hurricane. What does she know? She said the river Leith couldn't be magicked. She's an earth mage. She knows nothing about water magic, was Hurricane's reply. Silence giving water magic advice. Ridiculous. As if I was some apprentice. Chloe, darling, why don't you ask Silence to send you here for a little while? If she's going to ignore you and be aloof and brooding, why don't you and I work on restoring your memories and maybe practicing a little magic? No harm in practicing. And the river Leith flows here just as well as the underworld. Do you have sunlight? asked Chloe, longingly. Rain? Anything but this cold darkness? If I am the Spring Queen, I bet half the reason I made the stupid bet was just to get an opportunity to get out of here for a minute or two. Don't get me wrong, she said, seeing Hurricane's odd expression. Everything is beautiful and comfortable and very soothing down here, but oh my god, what I wouldn't give for a bird song or something green once in a while. The odd expression deepened. What? Did I say something wrong? Oh no, 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 said the other woman soothingly. I just had an idea on how to get your memory back, that's all. She stopped, breaking out into a sm wide smile. Get silence to send you to us for a few days. This is going to be fun. Idis felt her breath catch just a little. She didn't let it show on her face, but surprise made her hair whip in curt, angry loops around her face. You want to leave? Yes, said Chloe, apparently unconcerned with the turmoil she'd just opened up in Idis. Hurricane has invited me for a visit. She reminded me that she's technically the mother of 6,000 rivers and technically rules the oceans, which means she has the best beaches available and lots of sunlight. She closed her eyes and seemed to imagine basking in waves and light. It made Idis feel... Feel what? Guilty? Irritated? Ashamed? She tried not to look at the omnipresent lamps and tried not to remember that the last time she'd seen the sun was... When was the last time? Oh, she thought, looking at Chloe's face lit up in anticipation. It was when I saw her. Idas had been called to help battle another one of his brothers in power. There were only three of them left unaffected now. Sickness, or something, was driving each one of them insane. One by one, they'd turned into monsters. Shockingly powerful, uncomprehending monsters. As if the power, the magic they'd all sworn their lives to was a disease, not a gift. He looked down at his hands. Another life bound. Safe, but trapped. And only temporarily. It made him feel awful inside, and there was a niggling hint of doubt that maybe next time it'd be him they came to bind, his madness that needed to be contained. I miss him already, he thought, feeling the ache of Hyperion's loss settle into his soul. Why is this happening to us? Dia slapped his back, shaking him out of his reverie. Good job, ghosty. Thought the old bastard had you there for a second, but bam! You pulled out that sneaky spear of yours, and whoosh! The old bag is tucked up safe and sound. Beautiful. Um, thanks, Ida stumbled. It wasn't really anything. I just happened to have a conversation the other day with one of the... Great, glad you do that sort of thing. Listen, it's still a beautiful day. We're not dead. I want to get laid. Is there any chance we can find some civilization around here? Ida sighed and consulted the map, already knowing the answer, but instinctively knowing that Deus wanted him to look it up anyway. He glanced out at the rolling plains in front of them. Nothing but rocks and sheep, he thought. The cavern they'd locked Hyperion in was about the only thing close to habit habitable within a hundred leagues. Nothing until we get to Gobekli Ketepi. Deus looked at him uncomprehendingly. Idas jutted his chin to the west. About a hundred leagues in that direction. Outstanding. God, I love you nerds. Come on, ghosty. We're going to make sure you have a good time tonight. Spare me, was his only thought, as Deus wrapped his arms around him and threw them both into the sky. Travel by lightning bolts always made him queasy, which was possibly why he threw up about 20 minutes into the journey. 
Oh, come on, brother, said Dias, incinerating the vomit before it touched him, but sounding offended anyway. You're such a killjoy. If you didn't want to go, you could have just said something, he said, even as he dropped Idas, letting him plummet to the earth. I'll meet you back in town when you clean yourself up, called Deus on a roll of thunder. Try to lighten up a little. Idas called to the stone below him, liquefying it, drawing up over his body like a second skin before sucking it back into the earth, folding into the bedrock and soil as if he were part of it, using the energy to melt himself up out of the impact crater in a silent, graceful stone wave that deposited him on the edge of a meadow, looking towards a lake, a meadow filled with flowers, filled with sunshine, blissfully quiet. He made his way toward the water to clean up. Kneeling at the bank, he stuck his face in gratefully and lathered the cool, clean water over his skin, scrubbing away Hyperion and madness and thunderbolts before falling asleep with the sun on his face. He woke up to the sound of faraway laughter. When he opened his eyes, a group of young women were walking through the meadow, towards the lake on the adjacent side. There was one, one with bronze-gold hair that kept flicking vine whips to trip her companions. She stole flower crowns and danced around the others, so happy and careless. He put his hands behind his head to watch her, enjoying the show. Obviously a young green mage, she called plants to grow up through her companions' clothing, artfully tearing dresses, stealing baskets, making jokes, and generally being a bother of herself. It amused him. She was like a great, big, friendly cat. The other girls cried and fussed, and generally it seemed to be game between them. He had a flash of envy. I wonder what it's like to be liked, he thought. Is that what friendship is like? In the lake, Ida saw a sudden ripple. A long, thin tentacle moved just below the surface. He sat up. The girls were too close to the lake. His girl was much too close to the lake. He thought about calling out, but his mouth closed before he could say anything. Why would they listen to him? He'd probably just confuse them. He could see a mishmash of flippers and fins along with the tentacle and felt his lip curl in disgust. Another construct, another monster created to do things that shouldn't be done. Probably one of Ankh's, he thought. I thought we found them all, but obviously not. He reached for his spear and closed his eyes in contempt at himself as he remembered that he'd left it at earth, in the earth to recharge it. He ground his teeth, watching the thing slip delicately under the surface towards the girls. Oi, he called, cupping his hands and shouting. Oi, get away from the lake. The girls didn't pay attention to him. Figures. He steepled his fingers, drawing a thread of indigo black magic from his heart and launching it towards the lake itself. Rock turned molten underneath the water, boiling it. The thing reared out of the liquid, screeching. If a madman had spliced a fish, an octopus, and a dolphin together, then magnified it to three times larger than anything that should be and still be alive, it might have looked something like this. The screech scared the girls, though, all but one. Run! he shouted at her. She didn't acknowledge it, just stood in front of the creature with her lashing thorn vines as if contemplating where to hit it. The thing screamed at her, opening its flower-like beak, revealing rows of teeth and hatred and a spray of acid. No! Idas melted back into the earth, opening a chasm under the girl's feet, wrapping her up in stone arms, he dropped them both to the center of the world, his world. Idas blinked, seeing the same bronze hair and green-gold eyes, different name. A now-familiar ache wrapped around her chest again. Of course she misses the sun. I'm a fool, she thought, disgusted with herself. So blind, thinking that just being here would be enough for a daughter of the forest. I'm a monster. Stupid. Selfish. Of course I'll send you to Hurricane, she said quietly. Please forgive me. I sometimes forget that other creatures may not deal with the underworld's environment as easily as I do. Yes, is beautiful. She tried to smile. Or so I've been told. Chloe smiled back. You need to get out more silence. All this moping isn't good for you. I've heard that once or twice, she said seriously. I will take it under advisement. Chloe sighed, obviously keyed into the fact that she was not going to get anywhere with this argument, and I just felt her own hair lash back and forth and tried to subdue it a little. No luck. Please follow me. Do you have everything you wish to take? Chloe looked down at her grubby t-shirt and jeans, moccasins, and old blanket. What else do I have? She asked reasonably, rhetorically, and I just felt another moment of profound regret. 
riches, wealth. I have the power to command the earth itself, she thought savagely, and my own wife looks like a homeless person. Way to go, idiot. Most girls get flowers, clothes, jewelry, anything. What do you give your love? An earthquake and a job that doesn't pay her anything. She closed her eyes. No wonder her mother hates you. You're a terrible husband. A hurricane will take care of you, since I obviously can't. The last part was only in her, her head. You may even get out one you may even get one of the storm cloths she weaves. They're single-handedly the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Except for you, she thought. The sunshine and waters are famous for medicinal properties and their beauty. She could have kicked herself. She sounded like such a pompous prig. Sounds like you should come with, said Chloe, falling into step with her. A pretty new dress, some sunlight, a little break might be good for you. I just smiled at her. I wish I could. They walked to the courtyard just outside the main doors of the palace. Idis drew her finger along the air, cutting it like fabric, revealing the rippling waters of the Oceana's capital city, Yis. There you are, she said, trying not to feel like it was a permanent goodbye. This is for the best. It's better she's not here, just in case I fail. Hurricane will take care of her. Why do you sound so sad? asked Chloe suspiciously. Promise you're not going to do something stupid. I promise I'm not going to do something stupid. It's not stupid, thought Idis, consoling herself. It's necessary. Chloe narrowed her eyes. Fine, good, so what, do I just walk through this? Idis nodded. Great, bye, Ice Queen. The gate sealed itself up after her, leaving Idis looking at an empty courtyard. Chapter 4 Hurricane, oh my god, you are the best, said Chloe, stretching out on the top balcony of the family rooms. Late afternoon sun beat down on her where Hurricane had set out cool cushions and mist-soft curtains floated around her, next to a fountain burbling in the marble and running down towards the sea. My skin is burning, said Chloe, on a sigh of happiness, finally warm. It's delightful. She let her hand and foot fall into the stream and pillowed her head on the opposite shoulder. I forgot how much I miss light. The sun, someone willing to have a conversation with me. She flicked some of the cool water onto her back. Someone who isn't moody all the time. An image of silence, alone at the gate, popped into her mind. Ugh, why is she like this? Hurricane chuckled, reaching out to catch one of her children, Anahulu, to cuddle her close before releasing her back to running along the terrace, and turned over to her stomach as well, basking in the sun. She's been alone for a long time. Cut her some slack. How chatty would you be if all you got to do all day was listen to dead people trying to convince you they shouldn't be dead? Chloe started up. Is that actually what she does? Mm, Hurricane shrugged a little. As I understand it, all the mortal souls get judged and managed. All the immortal souls have to be purified somehow, and all of them have to pay a teeth of their energies to make the underworld function. That's what her throne room is for, I think. To pass judgment on the dead before she sends them wherever they should go. Ugh, said Chloe. That sounds boring and awful. Hurricane laughed again. It wouldn't be my cup of tea, but Silence has been doing it an awful long time. And everyone seems to get reincarnated or packed off to wherever they should go, so it must be working. I wouldn't know, though, she said on a long exhale. Silence never talks about her work or her life or anything, really. Hence the name, Silence. Don't I know it, said Chloe, commiserating. I offered to help her with this Leviathan business, and her idea of cooperation is just reading in the same room together. She rolled up a hurricane's snort of amusement. It's really annoying. I'm sure it is, said Hurricane. Hey, said Chloe, do you know her name? Silence's name? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's not silence, just like ocean is an ocean. Obviously. Hurricane's voice seemed like chimes to Chloe. Amusement tinkled through the conversation. Well, I suppose names have a lot of power. They say if you know someone's true name, you can bind them to your will. Is Hurricane your real name? No, it's Rael. Chloe stopped, just a little shocked. Are you allowed to just, you know, give it away like that? Isn't that why all of you go by other names? I'm allowed to give my name to whomever I want, said Hurricane, a little sleepily. You knew it before, when you were spring. You can know it now. 
Aren't you afraid I'll do something with it? I mean, I don't know why it matters, but everyone seems to put an awful lot of stock in names and everything. Why do you leave it out there if it can give someone power over you like that? Ah, oh, Chloe, that's a, that's a tough answer. Let's just say I was a bit of a delinquent in my youth, and I gave up my name as a sort of backup plan, I guess. Hurricane! Ocean stormed onto the balcony. Treasure! What? Inside voice, darling. Inside voice. I'm right here. Oh, hello, Chloe. When did you get here? Ocean blinked at her, a little nearsightedly. She hadn't actually seen him before. Up close. He looked older than Silence, for some reason, though she knew Silence was the eldest. Brown, weather-beaten skin, long white hair, mostly naked. He didn't seem to notice. Did Silence send you to us for something? Yes, darling, we're helping Chloe and Silence figure out what went wrong with the binding this year, chimed in Hurricane. Good. Excellent. Let me know what you want me to do. Silence always has a knack for these things. He paused a moment to consider Chloe. You're a bit plain for a goddess, aren't you? Have you always looked like this? Said Hurricane. What kind of question is that? Be polite to your sister-in-law. Not my husband, said Chloe, trying to find somewhere to look at Ocean that wouldn't involve seeing his inner depths. Nice to finally meet you, Master Ocean. Sorry about the earthquakes the other day. Bah, he said, immediately distracted. Happens all the time out here. No idea why everyone's upset. And silence can take a hit. The old bastard's tough. Hurricane, where's my trident? Which trident, she responded, seeming unfazed by the rapid subject change. The, you know, the one with the things and the bits that you and the girls made me for the last Elsinian. The one that didn't break. The wave strider? Yes, that one. Hurricane sat up, staring at him contemplatively. Why do you want wave strider? Hmm, well, I just wanted to know where it was. Chloe shaded her eyes to see the master of oceans staring very determinedly at his feet, studiously avoiding eye contact with his wife. You're not going after her, she said finally, lying back down. She's a grown woman and doesn't need her father coming to rescue her every five minutes. Hurricane, treasure, it's getting dark. You know she's a better daylight swimmer and her skin is so sensitive to salt water. Leave her alone, Ocean, said Hurricane. She will not appreciate her papa intruding on her adventure. Ocean glowered. That fool boy that she's assisting. Mortals. Trash. She's too good for him. Ahem. Hurricane gave him a significant look and motioned to Chloe. What? Spring Queen isn't mortal. Why are you giving me that look? Hurricane provided a withering, disappointed stare. What? What did I say? Not my... Started Chloe. Hush, interrupted Hurricane. Your trident is in the bedroom where it always is, my darling, she said. But if you ruin Porphyria's date again, she'll never forgive you. He's a good boy. A little dumb. Not very magical, but a good boy. She pointed back to the house. Go take the chariot out for a ride or something. Leave your daughter alone. But Nimbus Cloud, nope. She'll never forgive you. You'd think you'd have learned this after the last hundred children, but no. Treasure. Bye, sweetie. Hurricane shooed him out with a little spray from the fountain. I'm busy this afternoon. As soon as the sun goes down, Chloe and I have some business to attend to. She wagged a finger at him. No trouble, my heart. No trouble is allowed until Chloe and I are, are done. Is that understood? Oh, fine, sighed Ocean, turning back into the depths of the palace. Oh, Kiron, I'm bored. Get the horses ready. Chloe watched the exchange with just a hint of awe. Hurricane caught her expression and smiled peaceably at her. We've been together for almost 4,000 years. We've had 115 children together. After all that time, we've worked out a system, she laughed. He does what I tell him and gets to live. It's a good method. Hurricane, why don't you go and slay the Leviathans instead of Ocean? I imagine if we sent you in there, you'd come back five minutes later with a whole bunch of real apologetic monsters trailing you, begging for forgiveness. Hurricane threw her head back in delighted laughter. Well said, sister. Chloe blinked. I wasn't joking. Why don't you go fight with Silence and the others? Ah, well, that's slightly awkward, you see. She lay back and turned her face to the sun. A long, long, long time ago, the world was a very different place. 
humans were very small and very tasty. Most of the world was made up of elementals, spirits, demons, fae, the like. She sighed as if trying to see something far away. There were a few fae, and even fewer humans who could wield power, magic. I used to be one of those. I, I forget which one. Probably fae. Anyway, the more magic I used, the more twisted I started to become. Chloe frowned. Twisted? How? Oh, terribly hard to explain, said Hurricane. I guess the only way I can describe it is that something started eating me from the inside out. She shrugged. I needed to consume everything. Instead of just wielding water magic, I became queen of rivers. I started calling the sea to cover the world. It was only important that I destroy everything. I, I was infected with something. What can infect a goddess? Well, we're not sure exactly, she said, a little sadly. Silence figured it out first, at least what was happening to us, the infection. He did something to me before I turned completely. She shook her head. I don't know what it was. All I remember is him forcing me to eat something that seemed to seal up the void inside me, but I don't remember anything. Anyway, the point is that anyone with that contamination in them, anyone susceptible to the madness, would likely fall to it if they went to break and remake the bindings on the Leviathan. At least that's what Silence thinks. So you're sick with something? asked Chloe, confused. Hurricane smiled. No, dear. I'm a Leviathan. What? So is Silence, and Ocean, and Thunder. Those three are the last with the least contamination in them. Or I guess the least madness. All the rest of us are, are contained or locked up or somehow trapped. Silence is a leviathan, said Chloe. Well, that would explain the bat wings and dragon head, I guess. She eyed Hurricane. Although you look remarkably normal and non-dangerous. Hurricane laughed again. Yes, well, I am. After that day, my control and power returned to normal, but we've always just assumed silence is right and kept people like me out of the fight. Am I? I mean, could I, could I be, or am I just... You're different, dear. I have to wonder if your mother wasn't upset about silence. I wonder if she was trying to keep you from the void, from the sickness. Hurricane paused to consider. If she wiped your memories clean each lifetime, then the reason she would keep you from silence and yourself could very well be to protect you from whatever it was that turned, in, that turned me and contaminated the others. But I've never met my mother, said Chloe faintly. I don't remember her. She abandoned me. Of course she didn't, smiled Hurricane. She just had to make some sacrifices for you. Come on, then. I want to try something, if you're up for it, of course. Chloe pulled her hand back a little to make Hurricane stop. My mother, do you know her? Oh, yes, said Hurricane. I used to, at least. Sybil. Sybil. Chloe rolled the world word around on her tongue, hoping for a flash of memory, something, anything, really. If she truly remade you each lifetime, Chloe, she would have you drink from the river Lethe. Hurricane tugged at her again. There are rules about that sort of thing. Of course there are, said Chloe dryly. Don't forget, I live with the queen of rules. Hurricane chuckled again. So you do. Apologies, little sister. She took a deep breath and led Chloe deeper into the palace as the sun started to set. I wish silence would have trusted me just, just a little. What a waste. Yis was very different from Crossroads. The palace's top level was open to the sky and above the waves, made of a light white material that felt more like bone than stone. It didn't have rooms exactly, rather a series of curving shapes that seemed to suggest different spaces, but everything blurred together. There weren't any corners in the whole thing. On the deeper levels, the palace dove beneath the waves. In some places, the sea filled up baths and rooms and hallways with dark water, while in others, water spouts and magic directed it away from the space, leaving the whole thing feeling light and airy, even though it was darkened as the long set of stairs wound down to the foundation, deep under the ocean. Glowing bobs of light, like luminescent jellyfish, floated along in the streams of water that flowed in the open air along the confines of the white walls, with the rest of the ocean pressed up against some transparent shield butting up against the palace itself. 
Chloe paused to look out into the living ocean, just beyond the elaborately carved negative space of the walls themselves. There were dolphins, kelp, the last of the sunlight moving through schools of silver-bright fish. She pressed her hand through one of the openings of the walls to feel it slip into water, cold, salty water that made her skin prickle. Come along, little sister. I want to see what silence has been teaching you lately, Hurricane called behind her. Chloe pulled her hand back and continued her descent into the twilights of the bottom levels. Living water beings seemed to be the primary servants here, weird shapes all built out of thickened water and colored blue, purple, green, or mishmashes of colors. Odd tinkling music flowed out of the walls themselves and the water ribbons and Chloe, and Chloe gradually realized it was the elementals talking to each other. The sound reminded her of wind chimes and bird calls, and it was deeply soothing. Hurricane led her into the deepest part of the palace, cave. Chloe groaned. Hurricane, seriously, I just got out of a hole in the ground. Please don't make me stay in one again. A tinkle of soft laughter. I know, dear, but this is the safest workroom we have for magic, and I'd prefer if you didn't blow up my palace accidentally. Chloe made a sound somewhere between a snort and a sneeze of disbelief. Like I could do that. I'm at the bottom end of the magical spectrum. Why do you say that? Hurricane seemed genuinely surprised as she moved into the room, closing the gate behind her. At her touch, it lit up blue and seemed to solidify. Instead of a slim, bone gate, it became a glowing blue wall. The blue shot out around the cavern, reflecting its light into the still pool, taking up most of the floor space. Hurricane's white mage light bobbed in the air, casting whisper-thin, star-bright reflections into the turquoise, creating a very lovely fairy effect. Chloe paused to admire it for a moment. Pretty, she said. Thank you. Why do you say you're at the bottom end of the spectrum? Oh, Chloe fidgeted, uncomfortable with talking about herself to someone like Hurricane. It just takes me forever to defeat one of the books, and then the spells never seem to stay with me. I have to work so hard to memorize everything, and then I have to write it all down. It just doesn't seem to work very well. She pulled out her notebook, stuffed into her pocket to show Hurricane. You and Silence can just seem to do stuff without thinking about it. Big stuff. I can only manage the little stuff. Anything else, I need help. Hurricane stared at her hand, holding the book. What do you mean, defeat one of the books? You know, when you want to learn something and you can't open it without unsealing it, and then the author or spirit or whatever emerges, and you have to learn some key spell or tactic to defeat it, and that's the theme for the book itself. You know, magic-y stuff. Hurricane lips twitched. Ah, magic-y stuff. Chloe started to get a bad feeling. That's not a thing, is it? No, chuckled Hurricane, though I admire Silence for his creative teaching methods. Son of a bitch, Chloe swore. It's a joke? She's just messing with me? Well, you did learn good things, and she probably recognized you wouldn't want her to be in charge of your teaching with, you know, your personal issues still happening and everything, but you do still need to be trained. Don't you dare defend her, Hurricane. Do you know how many times I've been strangled? shot at, incinerated. I'll kill her. I'll strike her dead. Son of a bitch, she's a monster. That seems a little. My first day, my first day, I got crushed by a vine. Three broken ribs, Hurricane, said Chloe, fuming. Three. Ice Queen knew. She knew I was going to get hurt. I could have been killed. Well, Silence did always have an odd sense of humor. Odd? Odd? She's a psychopath. You know that, right? Well, I mean, regardless, I won't do any of that to you here. Water magic is much more forgiving anyway, much more creative. No creatures coming to kill you. She paused for effect. For now, anyway. Oh, goody, snarked Chloe. Learn magic, she says. Help me protect my people, she says. Get yourself freaking killed by spirits, why don't you? Fuck my life. Oh, don't be so dramatic, said Hurricane dismissively. Here, watch me. We're going to try your first transmutation spell. Hours later, or at least what felt like hours later, Chloe collapsed, covered in sweat, shaking from exhaustion. No more, Hurricane, please. She held up her hand as if that would stop the other woman. Hurricane, annoyingly composed and tranquil, released the water whip and storm she'd been about to throw at Chloe, letting the turquoise blue energies dissipate back into her skin. 
Oh, you were doing so well, Chloe. Are you already tired? It's been hours. Please, please let me eat something and pass out. Hurricane gave her a bloodthirsty smile with two sharp teeth. Not her, too, thought Chloe, feeling her muscles start to shake with nerves and tiredness now. As she watched, Hurricane called a long stream of blue water out of the pool in the middle of the room. It warped and shimmered into the form of a giant hammer, its handle covering Hurricane up to the shoulder. Fuck, thought Chloe, as she desperately tried to think of how to counter. Barkskin, maybe? But I don't want to get hit again. Sorry, darling, said Hurricane, as she brought the thing down hard on Chloe. But we have very little time, and leviathans have very good endurance. Chloe could hear the hammer separating the air with the force of its downward flow. In desperation, she called up a giant pine tree around her, solid as stone, to divert the force. As the hammer crushed into it, the water lost its form, splashing around her, soaking her. Again, she shivered. She was too tired to be cold anyway. Good! Well done! Try to follow up with an attack. Her golden pine tree melted into two thorn whips she sent skating along the floor of the chamber to loop around Hurricane, climbing up her legs and tightening painfully, just like the vine from her first book. Hurricane laughed in delight. Very good! Now you're getting the hang of it! Even as she froze the thorns and exploded them in a sudden blast of icy chunks. See how I did that? You can change the energy level of your element. Take out energy, make it colder. Put more in, make it hotter. Try again, she said, flinging a twin water whip to Chloe's thorns around Chloe, crushing her tighter and tighter. Chloe saw spots and tried to remember what Hurricane had asked her to do. It was hard to think. She was so tired. Plants, energy, something, water, oh God. She concentrated on making her skin like bark, hard, incompressible then focused on making it hot, so hot the water started to evaporate off of it. Steam started to cloud around her face. She could feel it working, but she couldn't keep, seem to keep it going. So tired, she thought, losing the image, feeling the water constricting harder. It's okay. Death seems nice. I'm sure Silence would be happy to see me. She closed her eyes as she lost the bark skin and the water whip tightened its grasp. Suddenly, Hurricane released it, dropping Chloe to the floor, where she promptly curled up in a fetal position. Hurricane scooped her up, princess-style. There, there. You did very well for your first time. We can try again tomorrow. Chloe looked at her in surprise, grabbing on a little awkwardly. You're pretty strong for a girl, she said, impressed, despite herself. Hurricane threw her head back in a laugh. Chloe saw those sharp teeth again. Thank you, dear, she said, letting the laughter die down slowly. But whoever said I was a girl? Woman, sorry, said Chloe. Another small chuckle. Dear heart, when you have the ability to reshape reality in whatever way you see fit, gender becomes rather, hmm, irrelevant. Species, too. She laughed to herself. <laughs> Most of us take forms our children or lovers prefer, or forms that help us cast or provide physical structures to spells. She glanced down at herself. I held this form for so long so that my babies could recognize me. And I liked being a mother very much. It was a very satisfying experience. Still one of my favorites. I should say so, said Chloe, relaxing into her. We had a hundred of them. A hundred fifteen, to be exact. All of them mages, though not quite as strong as you, but be comforted. This is not my first rodeo in training a child. She smiled. And if you think you're tired now, just wait until we stop tomorrow. Chloe's eyes shot open. Tomorrow? There's no way I can do that again. But dear, that's what being a mage is all about. You have to do these unpleasant things over and over again, even when you're hurt, even when you're exhausted. Your enemies won't wait for you to take a break. They'll kill you. She smiled in what Chloe could only assume was her attempt to be reassuring. It was more terrifying than reassuring. Silence, me, ocean, we all had to learn like this. It only hurts for the first few years. You're lucky. This isn't your first time, so you should adapt quickly. Chloe leaned back into Hurricane, feeling like a little kid carried by her mother. But I don't want to do any of that. Well, you want to help silence, don't you? Uh, well, that's what you promised, isn't it? Y yeah, sort of, but I didn't know. Why do you think he just kept you in the library doing research, hmm? He didn't want you to have to do this. For him. Her. A quick flash of humor. I forget which body he's wearing this century. 
Chloe harumphed and let her shaking muscles relax into hurricane. This may have been a bad idea, she said softly into her shirt. You know, Hurricane said slowly, almost delicately. Silas had trouble with the binding spells before, once, a long time ago. Oh, said Chloe, not quite listening. She was pretty sure her muscles were shooting off electrical sparks to match the ringing in her head. If she hadn't been so tired, she might have cared more. Yeah, Hurricane continued. Once, he went a little... A little mad, I guess. He had a moment when he wasn't himself. His magic changed. Oh, like you did? With the contamination? She was so sleepy, and Hurricane was awfully comfortable at the moment. What? Hurricane asked in surprise. When you got infected, or whatever, yawned Chloe. Was it like that? Yes, it was a lot like that, actually, said Hurricane. Yeah, when she fell out of the gate into the garden, she had this black hole in the middle of her chest. I had to fill it up and seal it just to be able to start healing her, mumbled Chloe. It was just a, a nothingness, emptiness that seemed to be eating her from the inside out. Hurricane stopped. What did you do? Oh, nothing much, <laughs> Chloe gestured vaguely. Some healing. Silas helped me do a spell thing combo deal that sealed it up in a tattoo of a chrysanthemum. It was very pretty. Oh my, whispered Hurricane, starting to walk up the staircase again. Well, this doesn't sound promising at all. This is the end of episode three. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week.